0: every episode but no no that's what i easter. was thinking on the theme of easter and chocolate is in my my mind you know those little easter cornflake nest things that you'd used to make i really yes. want to make some i think i might make some tomorrow <gasps> you think- know when oh. you make them and then you'd have the little eggs on top i just yes, saw I a, know a exactly. the other day i thought i want one <laughs> <laughs> and what's this episode about fran you've been on your travels Yeah, so this episode is really exciting. So it's about motivational interviewing. And the guest we had, Charlie, we wanted to get on for some time now. So we're so excited to get her. So yeah, let's have a listen. Motivational interviewing and social work. Here we go over to Charlie. So I'd like to welcome Charlie Whitaker to the podcast. Charlie is a, a friend and colleague, a social worker. And I called Charlie actually in the little pre-meet up before this podcast an expert, which she uh, tried to reject. But certainly for me, in terms of my relationship with motivational interviewing, you are an expert, Charlie. But would you like to say hello and introduce yourself as well?
1: Hi, uh, yeah, that's very kind of you, Fran. I'm not sure I would I'd use the term expert, but I appreciate the sentiment. Um yeah, I'm Charlie Whitaker. So I am a qualified social worker. My background was in child and family social work. And I suppose my passion and interest in MI came from my role as a researcher at the University of Bedfordshire. Um, I worked on a research team with Donald Forrester and we, um, we were involved in several studies that were looking at motivational interviewing in child and family social work.
0: Thanks, Charlie. Been we've actually been wanting to get you on the podcast for probably since we began. So it's so exciting to finally have you here. Just for listeners, we've had some kind of tech problems. And I, you know, a lot of it relates to not being able to see me or just seeing my initials or a frozen fran. But we're here, it's happening, which we're very, very excited. So thanks for for joining us today. So I guess just to begin, thinking about social workers, maybe social work students, and also just lay people. The lay person that we always use as an example is my mom. Uh Mary Lou in York. I love hearing about your mum
1: on this podcast.
0: (laughs) So I guess just, just to begin then, like just to set the scene in lay person's terms, what is motivational interviewing and what are its origins?
1: Yeah, so so MI is really a way of talking to people about change. And it's most helpful when the person that you're talking to is feeling really ambivalent or they're experiencing conflicting feelings around change. And the aim of an MI conversation is really to help them resolve those feelings and to enhance their readiness for change. And the way that we do that in MI is by structuring a conversation so that people are more likely to hear themselves arguing for rather than against change. I've made that sound really, really easy, but actually, in reality, I think it's more difficult than it sounds. And what tends to happen is that we, tend to do the opposite in practice so when we're faced with somebody who's feeling ambivalent and we can think about this in relation to our friends or family or anybody that we talk to and mm. um, our tendency is to want to help and by helping we often try and convince them that change is a good idea so yeah we might provide reasons for change we might give them examples of things we've done in a similar situation that have helped and Our natural response as human beings is when we're faced with somebody telling us what we should be doing is to push back and, and give all the reasons why we haven't done it. So MI really turns that on its head and focuses on talking in ways that help people engage and think about why they do want to change rather than why they don't.
0: It's so interesting when you're speaking then around it kind of sounding easy but not. It, it so resonates with me that I guess learning MI over the years in different kind of contexts as a social worker, and it, it's it's not that easy, is it? But I mean, it is something that can can be learned But I guess a lot of it is about practice. And when you're speaking about the tendency for most of us, you know, when we're trying to think or, of a friend or someone about change, it's kind of like, oh, but try this, try this, do that. And I think what MI really does is it brings out different helping styles. And I think a lot of us, it's it's tricky isn't it to really try to evoke someone's own reasons and not go into the like I'm trying to be helpful and I certainly that's been one of what one of my challenges so I guess what's its history in terms of social work and being used yeah. in social work context
1: I mean it's relatively new in a social work context so it originated in substance misuse sector back in the 80s and um, But in terms of social work, it's really only in the past decade that we've started to hear more about MI in child and family social work. And I think the appeal for social work has been that it's value based and the skills that it uses are are really familiar to social workers. It fits really well. So it's a very collaborative approach, very empathetic, and it, it also isn't counselling in the sense that there's a clear goal in mind. And in that sense, it fits really well with social work in that we always have a goal in mind. But I think it's been around for the past decade and it was definitely pioneered by Donald Forrester and his work. So his work again, looking at substance misuse and in particular interventions that were helpful in, in relation to substance misuse in social work.